Welcome to our Advent devotional series. We're calling it Come Lord Jesus. And we're talking about John the Baptist. And in a previous video, we talked about the account in Matthew chapter 11, where John is in prison and he calls two of his disciples uh, to himself. And he says, uh, go to Jesus and ask the question, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, there's a parallel text, which is Luke chapter 7, verses 18 and following. And so when you have in Matthew chapter 11, uh, John taking these disciples aside and they're hearing about all these miraculous signs and wonders, we're asking ourselves, is this question for John or is this question really for the disciples of John? Uh, Again, the question, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, to understand really the context of this, John is in prison, so we find that in John chapter uh, 7. But in uh, the Gospel of Luke, if you look at Luke chapter 4 and following, all the way up into chapter 7, you're going to see signs of Messiah in the midst of the people. So John the Baptist uh, has baptized Jesus. Jesus goes into the wilderness. He is tempted in the wilderness. After that, it says um, he goes to the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, and he preaches with authority. He's casting out demons. Uh, Simon's mother-in-law is healed. There's a centurion servant uh, that is uh, cared for. Uh, The widow at Nain is given her uh, her son back. And so these miracles of Jesus are showing that um, this one who John has uh, declared to be Messiah, that Jesus is God in the flesh among his people. That this messianic age of the Old Testament that was promised has dawned. This one, Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come to destroy the work of devil, uh, sin, and death, and has come to restore the creation. So the devil's work very clearly is stated for us that this this thief, Jesus says he's a thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. Uh, But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, the apostle says, well, the, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, this is, again, a scripture-saturated culture. So all of these signs that are occurring, these miracles of Jesus, uh, they're not just uh, things that are happening in present time that really have no connection to the promises of God in the Old Testament. Rather, they're meant to be seen as the reality of all of those promises uh, given to God's people. So in John chapter 1, verse 45, um, This is the message. We found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also spoke, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So these disciples that are following Jesus are connecting all of the Old Testament promises with this one that is right in front of them. We found the one that Moses wrote about. We found the one that the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus does this as, as well with his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And he takes them uh, through the law of Moses, the prophets, and, and the Psalms. And he begins to explain to them all that was written about himself. He says, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ, the Messiah, 
have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory. And it says there, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So you have in the Old Testament scriptures, in the prophets specifically, signs of the Messianic age. In other words, when Messiah comes, these things will happen. Isaiah chapter 61, Isaiah chapter 35 are very, very clear. And I'll just give you kind of some of the bullet points. So Isaiah chapter 61 says, when Messiah comes, this will happen. Good news preached to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. There'll be freedom for the captives. Release from darkness for the prisoners. The year of the Lord's favor. The day of vengeance of our God. He'll comfort all who mourn. He'll provide for those who grieve. He'll give to them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Uh, Isaiah 35, verse 4 says, Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, lame will leap like a deer, a mute tongue shout for joy. Now, I'm saying all this because John is there in prison. So again, part of the thoughts about the Messiah was that the captives will be set free and that there will be this divine retribution and justice will reign and there will, you know, he will come with vengeance to save you. Uh, and there'll be the these miracles. The eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped and the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. So all of these things are happening um, in the ministry of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And these are the signs, these are the wonders that that are being told to John as he is in prison. Now Jesus references Isaiah chapter 61 specifically when he goes to his hometown in Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. So the story is, is that Jesus goes into the synagogue uh, as was his custom. So um, he stands up to read, and he's handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he unrolls it. And what we had read in Isaiah chapter 61 about how uh, all these messianic signs would occur, what Jesus says at the end of the reading is, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he's saying, what I just read from Isaiah chapter 61 about the messianic signs of the age I am the fulfillment of all of those signs. So there's this incredible moment that occurs in uh, Luke chapter 4, where Jesus says, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And you see it traced out in all the miracles in Luke chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7. But it's not going to be such an incredible moment with John the Baptist. Luke chapter 7, verse 22, in that account, so Jesus is told the disciples uh, that were sent to him, are you the one? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus says, well, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. Right? Good news, preach to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. Freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. Comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve. That's that's the entire background of the signs of the Messianic age. But when Jesus tells his disciples to go back, he leaves these out, doesn't he? If you look at the text in Luke chapter 7, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. 
You know, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, good news is preached to the poor. What he leaves out of Isaiah chapter 61 is freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, he's saying to John's disciples, um, this, is, this is not going to happen for your teacher. He is not going to be freed from his captives. He is not going to be released from the darkness of the dungeon and the prisoners. It will seem that he will not have the Lord's favor and that he will not get justice, but rather he's going to, um, he's going to die. Now, it's hard for us to hear such things as this, right? Especially knowing that Jesus could have. Jesus could have, with just a wave of his hand or a word, freed John the Baptist from the prison. He could have, but he didn't. We hear the story in the Gospels that um, his head is cut off and brought in on a platter for all to see. So here's John the Baptist pointing to Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And all these messianic signs, the blind hearing, the dead are raised, the deaf hear, um, but he's not set free from the prison. He is not given the justice that his disciples had hoped for. Jesus could have, but he didn't. Well, this is mirrored in Jesus himself, isn't it? In the humiliation and exaltation of Jesus. In his humiliation, where he takes on human flesh, the very Son of God, who could have, with with just a snap of his finger or with a command, sent all the legions of heaven against the earthly powers in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter's there taking the sword out. Jesus says, put the sword back. He could have, but he didn't. He could have, with one word, just kind of slayed all of the those who were against him, the blasphemers, the slanderers. But yet he was like, as the scriptures would say, uh, a lamb silently going. He taking, he's taking up our infirmities. He's carrying our sorrows. All this is occurring, as he would say to his disciples, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Jesus could have, but he didn't. He could have come down to the cross, could have come down from the cross as well. In fact, he was taunted to, wasn't he? If you are the Son of God, well, save yourself and save us as well. Well, this is just devil's talk, trying to trying to bring Jesus away from the punishment for sin. Jesus could have, but he, but he didn't. Now, when he rises again on a third day, he grabs the keys of death and Hades. He now rules and reigns over all in this state of exaltation. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Now he works in such ways that um, his purposes are fully fulfilled. Yes, he did go to the cross. Yes, he did die. He could have saved himself from the cross, but he chose not to for our sake. But now he rules and reigns and nothing, nothing can thwart his purposes. So we always go back to this this little phrase again, come Lord Jesus. Uh, The Lord Jesus has come, has defeated all enemies. How? Well, by humbling himself, taking the very nature of a servant, becoming sin, 
dying for us, being put in the grave. And so John the Baptist, again, is just pointing to his Savior, the Lamb of God, and his life is mirroring that life as well. And the benefit is for us. State of exaltation, descends into hell, rises on the third day, rules and reigns over all, and one day he will what? He will reappear and he will make all things new. No more death, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin, no more death. And each day he comes to us. And he gives to us all of the gifts that we we need for this day and for the life to come. So we pray that simple little prayer, come Lord Jesus. Jesus.